I would say if you asked, if you pulled 100 Canadians, there's probably at least non-immigrants even. There's at least mm -hmm. 15% of people that are behind in their taxes. So I, I don't think it's necessarily, I think that's, it's a good headline, I think, for, for the article. Yes. But I would guess that there's probably, I mean, I know all the time we talk to clients and, you know, self-employed or whomever and just like, oh, I haven't filed for, you know, 2022 mm -hmm. or 23 yet. And you're like, okay, well, we got to do that before we get do down this road too far, right? You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Welcome. Welcome to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, your go-to source for all things housing in the vibrant capital city. Join us as we explore the latest trends, expert insights, and insider tips to navigate the dynamic Ottawa real estate market. Whether you're a buyer, a seller, or just curious about the local market, we've got you covered. Let's dive into the world of Ottawa real estate together. My name is Paul Stevenson. I'm a mortgage agent, level two, and I'm joined as always by David Warren, mortgage agent, level two, and Greg Campbell, realtor. I can say that now, right? Realtor, no longer realtor. sales representative. I'll just be in this dark room combing my beard. <laughs> Greg's got the Adjust. new the new studio set up or being set up in the midst of being set up. In the midst, yeah. Greg, Paul, I feel like now that we're so we're so close together here now, Paul, we may have to start wearing headphones daily. I can hear it's the true. play in the other room. Yeah, we're just saying the bass, <laughs> the bass from David's voice just rumbles the walls here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How was the weekend? How are you guys doing? How's Monday? Monday's great. I've been up since 4:30 doing my Monday morning things. Happy to be in the new space. As you can see, it's been painted. Well, you never saw it before, so you wouldn't know it was another color, but I'm excited <laughs> to get this the space going. At the new at the new space at the new office this space within the space weekend was good you know a lot of a lot of stuff with the kids did some showings showed a property out in the country that was very very unique very eclectic i would say and i wasn't sure if it was going to get multiple offers but it did it was listed at a million dollars got multiple hmm. offers three not a firm sale yet though but we'll see where where in the country it was in oh my goodness just outside of i'm gonna guess limoges Osgood, Osgood. Okay. Mm. It was an Osgood, yeah. And then I showed some other condos at Terran Road, 960 Terran. A lot of people are familiar with that building. Mm -hmm. you know, good spot, good spot for seniors and you know people who just need some more amenities, easy accessibility. Great. Location. How I'm going to throw you a curveball here, Greg, to start the show just for fun. <laughs> we were talking about stats over the last couple of weeks. I actually bumped into Mr. Morris. Mr. Kevin right. Morris this morning at the gym and told him, he said he loved the, the shout out from Mr. Crouch. Uh, numbers guy, real numbers guy. We were crunching numbers. He's a numbers guy. Kevin's a numbers guy. He's a numbers guy. So Greg, stats, listings, how are we looking? Not, we don't need specifics, but how are, are we seeing more listings coming out now? We're, we're, that's, that was our anticipation. I know last week when you mentioned it was 300 something. It's, the, it's pretty much the same. Like the last seven days, we've got 334 new listings, 26 conditional sales, 167 sold in the last seven days. It's almost exactly the same as it was the previous seven days. Mm -hmm. So we're on a good, a good trajectory here. I think that's going to increase in the coming weeks. You know, I find that weather changes people's perspective a lot of the time. And 
but we'll, you know, we'll see where that goes. But the, you know, bunch of listings canceled, uh, 98 listings canceled. How many of those were relisted? Probably most of them. 15 expired, same scenario. They probably all relisted at same price or either a lower price. Um, 87 rentals, and this is Greater Ottawa again. This is this will be my new format. You know, based on what Nick said, I think it's fair that we just kind of mm -hmm. do a Greater Ottawa average stats. 79 price de 79 price decreases in the last seven days, so that's positive for buyers. Yeah, we'll we'll see where we go from here. It's been it's been busy. I think what what have I done since I last weekend? Oh yeah, I, I actually did two two transactions over the weekend. I forget. I'm a bit, I, I do things. I have family life. I, I, I give out information. I speak with people. I trade in real estate. I had a firm sale on a townhome in Orleans on Friday and conditionally sold a property off market. Off market, people. We were, we were going to go to market and then I mentioned it to a few agents. One went through, client loved it. Offer, conditional, conditional until Friday. So next, so next week, I'll be talking to you about that one. But that was, it was a good, it was a good deal. The, the house was, it was an estate sale. Great client of mine. And they went in and did a bunch of rentals. Place looks great. And now it's conditionally sold off market. So remember that buyers, when you're out there, that if you are working with a realtor, ask if they have any off market properties coming up in the area that you're looking in. And if they don't ask them, if they are associated with any groups or networks that offer exclusive listings, off-market properties. I am a part of those groups. Many agents are, many agents are not. So just something to be aware of. If you think that you're stuck and, you know, whoever you're working with can't answer that question saying that they do have access, you know, maybe you should, maybe you should look around a bit because there are, there are opportunities out there. Do you find when you're listing a property, do you, do you suggest that to sellers before actually publicly listing? Depends it? on what it is. You know, sometimes, sometimes we would, because what happens is if you offer it off market prior to MLS, it's kind of agreed to that the price will be the price. <clears throat> you know what I mean? If you're giving someone exclusive access to a property before it goes public, then they, they're going to pay the price if they want it. You know, if you go on MLS, then you're, you have, you may get full price. You may get less. As we know, I think the average, what was it? List price to sales price 90, I think it was 93.8% last time I looked or something for December. I'm sure that'll mm -hmm. be changed substantially for January. But for, in this case, we were just going to go on MLS, but we wanted to wait another week as the market was picking up. And then a couple agents, they're like, yeah, you said you had that listing. And I'm like, yeah. I got it. And they went in and saw it. And, and that, that was that. So it wasn't even really planned. It just kind of, it just kind of happened. Great. Yeah. I think it's a good story. From a, a market picking up, I truly still believe that. I think last week was probably my busiest week in over a year. Wow. In over a year. Yeah. From purchases to transfers to refinances, pre-approvals of people like that are buyers, like ready to get back to the fold. And yeah, it was, it was really interesting to see that it was kind of a, like a mix of everyone. So, you know, there's the numbers out there of over a million people, mortgages coming up for renewal. So there was a number of those, but also purchases, you know, all conditional with, with whether it be, you know, new builds, they purchased a new build condition of financing or, or resale 
condition of financing as well. But but yeah, it was I found that really interesting. And the pre-approvals more so. A lot of first-time home buyers that are just saying we're buying and they they're out shopping now and and looking to buy before the before the spring. And I think there was probably last week five or eight groups that of first-time home buyers like that were just like, yep, we spent the year saving. Rates come down. Time to go. So nice. yeah, I think that'll be I think, you know, it could have been coincidental as well with the Bank of Canada finally, you know, kind of having their announcement to start the year on the 24th, last Wednesday, again, like kind of speaking to the fact that rate that they're they're holding on rates that they started talking about more about when the rate cuts will come and start this year, which again, like we've talked about before, kind of breeds that confidence level in in buyers as well of, you know, what to expect from the market when they kind of hear from the bank Canada that, you know, they're not going to be raising rates and they're actually going the opposite direction. I think, you know, really does influence dramatically. Yeah. We've seen, I know last week we, we talked about more people asking about variable rates and that's still certainly happening. Fixed rates, as we've seen, I know, Stephen, I think you have the chart for the Canada five-year government bonds. So I pulled a six month kind of trajectory of the chart just so everyone can kind of see where it's heading. So we saw a pretty dramatic decrease from mid-October till roughly mid-January. And then it, it's been a little sticky, I think, since that the U.S. kind of made their announcement around that time. And we've seen the, the rates kind of hike up, or at least the bond rate hike up slightly. Most lenders are kind of still sitting in that low five range, kind of, the, you know, 509 to 529. There's still a few that you can get under five, but it's, you know, a lot of them tick back over five when we saw this kind of blip in the rates. So it'll be interesting to see where that also trends over the next month. We'll kind of track this maybe week to week as well. So people kind of know where, like obviously rates are, are front and center for most people, especially in a decreasing rate environment. Everyone wants to be, you know, the first to get the low rate and tell their friends about it and so on. So certainly worth keeping an eye on. And as you said, Dave, like it's almost, it's almost guaranteed that if there's any sort of announcement, positive announcement about rates, that we're going to see an an uptick in in transactions and conversations and in in interest. You know, yeah, we're you know Phil Soper from Royal LePage just had an interview with the Financial Post saying that you know they they they're they're estimating a five percent increase this year, which is what which is what Paul and Dave said three mm -hmm. weeks yes. ago, isn't it? It was five percent. I yeah, said no. I said no percent. I thought you were talking about bond rates. I was going to say, "Holy shit, five percent increase!" <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, More, sorry. In sales, yes, yeah. Volume. I like that number much better. <laughs> yeah, it's. But this is the thing. Like you said, the media is starting to talk about it more, which is funny because what does that do? It just triggers people to act, right? Oh. Don't listen to Toe Rap or what we say. Wait till the news tells you to do it. And that's, yeah, it'll be, it becomes a balancing act, right? Of the, you know, and I think it'll be interesting as they, like, as any rate cut comes of how quickly they do it or how the market really does react. Because, you know, if, if it is becomes a flood of buyers and kind of housing spikes, then do they hold longer? Do they continue? I mean, the mm -hmm. Canadian GDP contracted last year, even though we grew the population at 3.2%. And was one of the fastest in the world from a growth perspective. But, you know, for through the latter half of the year, we were a negative GDP or a flat line at zero. So 
obviously there's they need to spurn you know investment within the country and and growing that and and a growth within the economy but if they you know if they start dropping too quickly how does that impact things so i I think that's that'll be kind of the interesting thing to watch but time will time will tell i still think that we're going to as i said a few weeks ago they can be the same number of transactions as kind of the average typical year and and we'll have that that growth like they won't be able to keep rate you know prime where it is they're going to have to drop it just a matter of how quickly how quickly do they do it what else do we have boys what else do we have here what's going on i what do you have paul what do you have for us well no you you were asking what we had and then i feel like you were just about to get into something you had i was going to get into something and then i thought you were going to say something (laughs) should i say Uh, something let me let me touch on this quickly, and then you can touch on okay. whatever you'd like to touch on. Touch. So this is this is an article that I saw this morning, Canadian Mortgage Trends. So I was actually talking about we, we talked about first time home buyers, household debt, etc. This is talking about under thirty five, so households of people aged under thirty five lead the way in reducing mortgage debt. This was from Stats Canada. So I'll read this. It's probably a one minute read, but I think there's a lot of valuable info in here. So it says, Canada's youngest demographic of homeowners is the only group to have reduced their mortgage debt since rates started rising in 2022. New data from statistics, (laughs) Statistics Canada found that households with a major income earner is 35 or younger reduced their overall mortgage debt by 5%. All other age groups of households, meanwhile, saw their mortgage debt grow by an average of 1.3 from the third quarter of 2022 to Q3 of 2023. StatsCan says there's there's various reasons why households in the youngest age group may be reducing their mortgage balances. It says prospective homeowners may be turning away from the housing market due to affordability concerns, while existing homeowners who purchased a home when interest rates were much lower a few years ago may be paying off their existing mortgage debt balances or moving into more affordable accommodations. So that makes sense. Obviously, people at a lower interest rate, Mm -hmm. you know, they have that additional cash flow where others don't, and they're applying that to the principal balance. Uh, It says debt-to-income ratios also fall for youngest demographics. The data also found the country country's youngest households saw their debt-to-income ratios decline, although their debt-service ratios increase year over year. The under-35 age group saw their average debt-to-income ratio fall to 165% in Q3 2023, down 10% percentage points compared to the previous year. And then last, I'll just get into this last point. It says, overall household credit continues to grow, although the rate has slowed considerably since the Bank of Canada started hiking rates in early 2022. Total liabilities for households increased by $7.4 billion in November, up 0.3 month over month to total $2.9 trillion, Stats Canada said. Mortgage debt rose by $5.4 billion in November, up 0.3 from October. That says persistently high interest rates and inflation are likely to continue to strain households' ability to make ends meet without going further into debt, especially vulnerable groups. So wow. yeah, interesting stats, like obviously a lot of numbers there, sorry to throw billions and percentages and point this mm-hmm. point that, but I mean, if you, if you listen to that again, maybe there is some really valuable data in there. I think it does make sense. Obviously anyone who may have been a first time home buyer, say three years ago, they locked in at their, you know, two point whatever percent, and they have that additional cash now that they can apply to the principal balance, especially knowing that others are in higher interest rates, or maybe the fear of renewing in a higher interest rate has prompted them to make larger debt repayment payments because they want to avoid future interest applied to the mortgage. But I thought it was very interesting to see that because you would think usually the younger demographics are mm-hmm. at least the perception is that they might be more reckless or they're spending money on other things, trips and so on. Seems to be not the case. Future hmm. is looking bright. 
Yeah, I think just overall, like the the um, the younger generations are getting way smarter than we were or are, and that's just going to continue. Finally, you know. But now they're left with all this shit to deal with that they're going to have to help regulate in some way, in terms of from a you know federal, national, international level. I think the interesting stat in there was that the under 35 has decreased their debt to income ratio by 10%, which or 10 points, which is, you know, consumer debt being hundred originally 175% of what their income is <clears throat> to reducing it to 165 is pretty huge considering, mm -hmm. you know, that that debt is typically 20%, 13%. You know, it's the unsecured lines of credit, the credit cards. So yeah. being that they've been able to reduce that is pretty substantial, especially considering the, the the stats out there are that the default rate on, or or sorry, consumer debt category of 90-day plus delinquencies on credit cards. I was on a presentation on Friday and they were talking about the increase there from Q3 of 2022, the 90-plus delinquency rate was 3.69%. And in Q3 of 2023, that jumped to 5.78%. And it's been steadily going up for that, you know, missing payments by 90 plus days. So obviously that's the 35 plus mark being that the under 35 age group is, has been reducing their debt. It kind of seems like. Speaking of taxes, no one said anything about taxes, but Greg. Great segue. Great segue. <laughs> so taxes? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Greg, you were saying you, you found a, a great article this morning from Better Dwelling. Maybe you want to touch on that about- Yeah, it's, uh, just, like, it's, just, it's just an interesting article talking about you know, taxes and people not, not paying taxes. Uh, immigrants continued, fewer are filing taxes. So here's a, here's a quick little summary, you know. Canada's been trying to boost its tax base through immigration, but many immigrants have stopped filing taxes, raising concerns. Stats Canada data shows a significant decline in tax filings among immigrants who arrived in 2019 and 2017. So then the question is, you know, are they just, did they just leave? The retention rate of tax filers among recent immigrants has dropped sharply, going from 91% to 85.5% in just three years. The trend is not solely related to the pandemic, as even immigrants admitted in 2011 saw a decline. 92.7 to 85% over, over several years. Historical data shows that 2007, Canada had a much higher tax filer retention rate, further highlighting the recent decline. The decline in tax filers may indicate that some recent immigrants may have left Canada, possibly due to rising shelters costs. So that's, I mean, you know, that's basically where, where we're headed. So the question is, I don't really need to get into it too much more, but that's, that's the point. Where does it go from here? Are there, based on the other things that we're hearing, are there more people not filing taxes and just leaving? Is that part of the reason that they're leaving? Is it because of taxes? Housing, taxes, they're just like, I'm out of here. You know, so I, I think it's important to note that we're seeing that. And obviously it's not just immigrants. I'm sure it's Canadians as well. But that goes into, you know, my recent conversations with people about CRA being more What's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're more, try, they're trying to better serve and request funds from people who are behind in taxes, as opposed to trying to strong arm them from conversations I've had with people who are in arrears. You know, you can make a deal. And if you have an exorbitant amount of tax debt, 
you know, they'll take whatever they can because they're, I think there's a big concern in Canada right now of being able to pay back anything. And people are just mm -hmm. kind of starting to say, we're taxed enough. We can't live uh, without some of this extra money, depending on what your career is, right? I mean, this, you know, a lot of this goes down to entrepreneurs, business owners and stuff. You know, if you're working for the, if you're working for the government or certain general employment, you know, you're paying taxes off your checks. It becomes the ones that you you don't do that, that uh, the government will come to collect if you don't, don't pay it. What do you guys think of that? I don't know about you guys, but I, I think we could use a few more taxes. You know, I think. How about a tow rep tax? Yeah, yeah. We need a tow rep tax. That'd be amazing. Yeah, no, I think, you know, to, to that point, like I know, I think you said it went down to 85%. I mean, I would say if you asked, if you pulled a hundred Canadians, there's probably at least non-immigrants even. There's at least 15% mm -hmm. of people that are behind in their taxes. So I, I don't think it's necessarily, I think that's, it's a good headline, I think, for, for the article. Yes. But I would guess that there's probably, I mean, I know all the time we talk to clients and, you know, self-employed or whomever and just like, oh, I haven't filed for, you know, 2022 mm -hmm. or 23 yet. You know, like, okay, well, we got to do that before we mm -hmm. get do down this road too far, right? Greg, we had some clients that were, that had just recently immigrated to Canada and, you know, speaking to a lender and they said, well, you know, if, X, you know, if Greg is able to file or at least claim income in Canada, that also changes the file. So there's a lot of these things too, like people that are new to Canada, if they haven't filed taxes here, it does make it a little more challenging from a qualifying standpoint for us. So that does help strengthen their file. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people did or, or have or haven't filed mm -hmm. taxes, but I think that number, it's, you know, it is, it, it makes for a good headline. It's, it's shocking, but I would imagine that it's probably fairly comparable to permanent residents and citizens. The general population. Yeah, well, yeah. That, yeah. I, I agree. And that's the thing. That's, that's what I was saying there in the end. It's, but it's just the connection of the headlines of immigrants mm -hmm. leaving. And then mm -hmm. this line comes out, you know, fewer filing taxes. So then it's like this big, oh, that's why they're leaving. Yeah. Right. So hold, I, so hold on. I'm getting taxed on the money I make and then I'm paying tax <laughs> yeah. on the stuff I buy. And then I'm paying tax at the end of the year for the stuff I invest in and buy. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. I, th I think the, the the missing gap, and I know, Greg, you've mentioned it before, is that, you know, it doesn't seem like StatsCan actually monitors or keeps track of people that have become permanent residents or, or immigrated here, but have left. And there's no, and I think even in that article, it even mentions that there's no way that that's tracked or an easy way of tracking it. Because um, right. some people might have got their permanent residency or came here. And just left, but they never actually notified anybody. They just said, "The heck with this." You know, it's not what I was expecting, or it's too 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 costly to live, or whatever it may be, and and decided to move back home or move elsewhere. But there doesn't seem to be any sort of metric with regards to that. Which I'm, I want to I want to digress back into this for a second. I I jumped the gun by stopping these last final points of this this summary that I have here because they're actually very relative re relevant to what we're talking about. A survey of recent immigrants revealed that many regretted moving to Canada due to housing costs and were considering moving back or elsewhere. There's the possibility that Canada does not fully understand who has left the country, as some people may not have notified the tax agency of their departure. Various reasons could explain why immigrants do not notify the government of their departure, including lack of awareness, residency security, or avoiding departure taxes. The impact of these immigrants not following taxes and potentially leaving Canada has implications for housing demand and the economy. So that basically summarized what we were just talking about. I guess I should have finished that. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Well, Paul's gone. Your mic's gone, Paul. Here you go. Here you go. 
He gone. <laughs> Fucking gone. Oh man. So there, there you have it. So the government's aware, or in this summary, they're aware, you know, and that's mm-hmm. those are very valid points, which we also just shared without even reading that. Guess but I think that like it all comes, it all comes full circle for sure, not just with taxes, but what revenue the government has for spending. You know, is there the proper allocation of funds for services for you know these new immigrants, or even and then for shelter, what is? And I know you've mentioned it before, Greg, but you know, what is the true, the true number of, of homes that we're, you know, we have a shortfall of, obviously, you know, we go based on what our recorded population is, but there isn't, you know, if we're not tracking that reduction as well. Like what is that shortfall in actuality? It's probably, you know, it's pretty hard to track and, and I really don't blame those that come and, you know, don't notify to leave because if you're leaving and you're not coming back, why the, why the exactly. heck would you even bother going exactly. through it? You know, hello, but Hey, there you are. There's Um, Paul. Sorry, I was uh, caught off guard. You're saying there's a departure tax? So you're taxed? I saw that, yeah. So that's what it It says. Departure taxes. What's a departure tax? I'm I'm guessing CRA just collecting. Immigrants. Departure tax. Here we go. When you leave... Oh, wait. No, no, no. Ah, no. When you leave Canada to settle in another country... You become a non-resident of Canada for income tax purposes on the latest, the date you leave Canada. It's just it's to settle your Canadian sourced income, right? So paying okay. basically just anything just that you owe, settling up any CRA like owing. I thought it was a deterrent to not leave. Like, yeah, you so, can come, but there's a departure tax of hundred thousand no, dollars. Right, like, you what? have to pay it on the way out. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can go. You just can't come back in. Yeah, that would be. A- I actually, I actually had a friend a long time ago who left, and he had a six-figure. He had a heavy six-figure tax debt, and there was this caveat. Like, he, he went through a ton of shit to get back into Canada three years later. He had to, like, he didn't have all the funds to do it. He had a lot of it because he'd earned overseas, but he had to make an arrangement that he was he was paying a lump sum up front, and that he, he was established in work, in employment, that he'd be able to pay it back after. Let me so, guess. Yeah. He, got, he got taxed on the amount owing. He got taxed. <laughs> yes yeah you got taxed that's well, gonna be the name of my fourth child taxed tax stevenson <laughs> jackson taxed so what's um, up with the uh what's up with the uh we got a couple of things here what's up with uh, the chapters the byward market byward market picking up some steam there with a the new space yes Supposedly, so it's supposedly been they there's in the auto business business journal they talked about it being taken over by or being bought by the NCC. But my inside sources tell me that it's Live Nation that actually signed a a 15, 20 year lease on that facility to make it a event and music space, which I think will be fantastic for that corner for the businesses around there. Mm-hmm. You know, another alternative, obviously, you know, downtown there's like the Bronson Center, which is a smaller space and things like that. But I think having a, a really you know fresh and new event space for for small bands for you know bringing artists in, I think will be fantastic for the core. It'll be great for right downtown because there hasn't been anything like that for a while. There was a place on oh gosh on Rito. York Street Entertainment owned it. I can't even remember what it was called, but they used to have some pretty decent shows in there. This is interesting because I was literally driving down Sussex the other day, looking at that building going, wow, got to make a great event place. And then all of a sudden, really? I was like literally two weeks ago, maybe I was like, what a great piece of real estate. It's prime for entertainment. 
And then all of a sudden this pops up. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I it, I mean, it's, I think it's 60,000 square feet is the space. So it'll be yeah. uh, a pretty good size. Obviously if Live Nation's taking it over, they're going to invest quite a bit of money to fit up. So it should be pretty state-of-the-art from a sound quality perspective and all that, which I think will be great for just different bands and, and tourism and, and bringing in, bringing people in will really help to revitalize that area. Greg, you're not talking about uh, RJ's Boom Boom Saloon, are you? Yeah, I think it, it originally was RJ's maybe. Capital City Music Hall was Capital there. City Music, yes. Mm, yes. Yeah. And then I think at one point in during the transition, it was, was that Liquor Dome? Was that there? No, I don't think that was Liquor Dome. There was there was uh, another no, I, I, event space on that corner because I remember going to a few concerts there when it was when it was in its transitory phase. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. And as we grow as a city, I think we need more places like that. Ottawa's kind of missing that that energy uh -huh. downtown. You know, you go and it, it kind of. I mean, we were down there a couple weeks ago. It kind of becomes a ghost town come midnight, even in the main mm -hmm. market. You know, Sandra obviously being from a from Medellin. Right. In, in Colombia and being a major city, like we drive down Elgin street on Friday night at mm -hmm. 7 PM and she's blown away. Like this is, this is downtown, <laughs> the capital, you know, it's a little, <laughs> little surprising. So it'd be nice to have some other event spaces where people can kind of congregate and have some, have some good times. Yeah. Good members, you know? I think it's great. I think it's great for us. We need big stuff opening for the Hornets in there. That should be the oh opening. Oh my God. We're going back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mood boost, gentlemen. What do you think? Mood boosts. Let's do it. Yeah, it's about that time. I got three today, and uh, you guys let me know what you think. Number one, I once had a cross-eyed teacher. He couldn't control his pupils. Mm. Tough time. I like it. I, I like it. it. Number two, if prisoners could take their own mug shots, they'd be called selfies. <laughs> yeah. No selfies. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. And last but not least, my wife left me because of my obsession with pasta. I'm feeling cannelloni right now. <laughs> pasta jokes okay. never get old. You can't, you can't get a pasta joke past me, these, you know? These jokes never end. Like, who sits mm. and writes these jokes? People I mean, like Paul. People next like Paul. Week, next week, we're going <laughs> to delve into the history of dad jokes and mood boosts. Oh, I got to do you delve. I got to do you delve this weekend, actually, from somebody. Oh, did you? You got one. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty back. hilarious. I was, I was out at Lucky Ron, actually, at the Lafayette on Saturday afternoon, and, and I got it from, from somebody at Do You Delve. <laughs> <laughs> you did? Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> Oh, I froze for a few seconds there, so I didn't hear any of that. But someone asked you if you delve while you're out? Yeah. When I was, wow. while I was uh, at the Lucky Ron show at the Lafayette. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Amazing. Lucky yeah. Ron and Torep. I mean, they're synonymous. <laughs> they go hand in hand. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will be back next week, Tuesdays, 10 a.m., new episodes. Check us out on our socials. we got a lot of shorts on there now. Short reels. Nice and consumable. Okay. So yeah, check us out on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. We're there. We love you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Have a great week. That was Here's really nice. All. Bye, that everyone. Really great. Bye. <laughs>